All right, church, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Last week was such a beautiful service. I was like, I had this awesome God high like the whole week um, because God, like the, the presence of God was so accessible last week. After the service, I said to Jason, that was just so easy. Like he was just right there. Like there was no reaching, there was no trying, there was no like really got to focus in. Um, there was a tongue, an interpretation of tongue, and really was all about love. So this morning, I'm equally excited to hear what God has to speak to us this morning, what he wants to say, how he wants to minister to our hearts, because this is the one thing I know. Every day, every week, all the time, he's with us and he's for us. Um, God loves us. And whatever we're going through, like specific, every face I'm looking at, specific situations with specific details. And the wonderful thing about the love of God is that he wants all of our details. And he calls and draws us to him. And we come and we worship him with excitement because he's so phenomenal. And his love is so awesome. It's so, he's so worthy to get excited about. So um, go ahead and stand up with me this morning as we do this call to worship. Uh, Pastor Jason's going to read out of the word, and we're just going to prepare our hearts to celebrate Jesus, to worship Jesus, to magnify him this morning. That's my favorite one. I mean, that's just my favorite one is to magnify him. We make him, we can't make him bigger because he's as big as he ever can. We don't make him bigger, but to see him as big as he is, we magnify our view of him. Um, that's my favorite one as we enter into worship this morning together. I'm going to read out of Philippians 2. I'm not sure I've ever done this for a call to worship before. But as we were praying up here, I just had the sense, church, he is risen. (laughs) He is as risen today as he was on Easter Sunday last week. And so we want to worship him and celebrate who Jesus is in our life. It says this in Philippians 2. Just you don't have to read it with me. I want to read it out loud. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just worship you today. We give you honor. We magnify your holy name. That every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess today that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. I'm going to release you to come um, to the table of communion. and to um, pick up 
the elements and circle back to your seats, and then we're going to partake of communion together. Uh, the tray in the middle is gluten-free uh, for those who need it. And um, I'm not a scholar. I like to say that before I say things. I don't know, just in case anyone's confused and think just because you have a microphone, you stand on a stage, it makes you like a scholar or something. It doesn't. Um, but I know that those things that are sacramental, those things that are sacraments, what that means is that it's not of, of this. It's not of human doing. There is something supernatural that happens. So on June 4th, 1999, I put on a pretty dress and I walked into a church and I um, walked up to the altar to really pretty music and I said some words and a pastor said some words and a boy said some words to me and then we kissed and we left the church. But something supernatural happens in the sacrament of marriage. Heaven opens and God reaches down and he does something supernatural because everything changed in the trajectory of all of eternity that day and heaven organically grew by eight, you know, like we didn't know that on that day. But the point is, is that communion is a sacrament. Okay, it's something that we do and here we do it every week because who wouldn't want to stand under an open heaven every week, every day, partake of the body and the blood of the risen king. Um, and I had this conversation this week with my friend out of John chapter 6 and verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. This was such a controversial thing for him to say. And we talked about how Jesus chose his words. It's not like he didn't know that by saying that sentence, it was going to open up just a firestorm of controversy because the Romans thought that the Christians were cannibals. They're eating flesh and drinking blood. And um, what me and my friend were talking about was consuming Jesus. We consume it. Y'all have heard you are what you eat. Well, this morning, we're going to partake of Jesus. We're going to be like him. We're going to stand under an open heaven and we're going to partake of the sacrament of communion. We're going to do it as a family together. Pastor Andy's going to come up and lead us in that. Um, and I just wanted to um, tell y'all before you came up to get the elements. Oh, there you are. Uh, get the elements that this is a heaven thing. This is a Jesus thing. This is a supernatural thing. And we do it every week, but we don't do it as a part of a tradition or rhythm or routine. We do it as a part of our love, our desire for Jesus. That he would be magnified in our, in our souls, in our spirits, in our hearts. So if you come down the aisle where the table is and circle back around your seats, hold on to those elements. You can start moving. You don't have to wait for me to be done talking. Um, you can hold on to those elements, and then Pastor Andy will come up and uh, lead us in communion. Before we partake this morning, um, as I was over here and we were singing that song, and I will worship you. Um, 
the story of the woman who washes Jesus's feet with her hair uh, comes to mind, came to mind. And um, if you remember a couple months ago when we talked about some of the spiritual disciplines and we talked about worship, uh, worship, we learned, is a posture first and foremost. That's what it is. A posture of submission, prostration before the Lord and submission and humility. And um, it's, it's a form that we take both in our hearts, but also physically. And so I wanted to read this before we partake of communion. Uh, this is Luke 7, starting in verse 36. It's a short little passage here. It says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and then wiped them with her hair, with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and another 50 and when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave, the, forgave more, whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since, since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this? who even forgives sins. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I love this story because this woman worshiped Jesus. She took the posture of repentance, of humility, kneeling down at his feet, doing something that people would think was crazy. And But she postured herself before Jesus in repentance. And that's what communion is all about. It's us coming before him in repentance and humility, remembering what Jesus has done for us. And I find it very interesting that this woman did this uh, for Jesus. And on the night that Jesus had the Passover meal, the communion meal, which we celebrate afterwards in John, it says that he got up from the table and then he washed his disciples' feet. It's just very interesting. So before we partake, um, let us all just, if you're not already in that posture, let's posture ourselves, close our eyes, 
get along with Jesus in our hearts, take a moment to repent of our sins, to examine ourselves, take the form and the posture of this woman who will be remembered forever for how she loved Jesus, and then we'll come back and eat together. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We come before you just as this woman did, and we humble our hearts before you. We posture ourselves in submission to you and remember what you did for us. We thank you so much for what you did for us, laying down your life, dying for our sins, and rising from the dead so we could know the Father, so we could know you, so we could know the Holy Spirit and be filled with you. So we take this time to remember you and to glorify you. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake of the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and drink. We're going to sing another song together. So let's continue to stay in this posture of worship and worship together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All honor and praise and glory to the King of Kings, the Son of God, the Most Holy One, the lamb that was slain. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The Good Friday service at Erie First, the combined service, it was powerful. It was awesome. Um, the Holy Spirit was moving, and um, I had said, you know, no one, no one swaggers to the foot of the cross. No one saunters to the foot of the cross, all full of their, all full of themselves. The path of the cross is one of weeping, is one of grieving and mourning and a shedding. We come to the cross needing. And it's in that moment, in that place, when we have emptied ourselves of all other striving, of all other attempts at goodness at all other things that he can just fill us to all fullness and he's so gracious that he does it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and I'm just so thankful and as we were singing that song I was just praying like God just show me 
the Monday path to the cross and the Tuesday path to the cross and the Wednesday path to the cross for me. The Sunday path to his presence is you. It's just coming together as a family, and I love it. I love it because it's in the unity of the body that we come into his presence so powerfully on a Sunday morning. And it's, it's just such a rich and full experience. At least it is up here. I'm, it feels, it feels um, amazing just to step into his presence and be filled up with his word, with his love. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for Jesus this morning. This morning as I was preparing for today, I was reading the Bible plan that we're going through. It's the story of Samson this morning. And as I was reading the story, something just jumped out at me. Have you ever had that happen to you when you're reading the Word of God? It's just like, boom, this thing just sticks out at you. And it was this. And it's multiple times throughout the story of Samson's life. It says this. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. It happened when he was young. It happened in his middle age. It happened as, you know, before when he was pushing. All this stuff, it continues to say that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. And because of what Jesus did, because of the cross, because he went to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit, that same Spirit... That same spirit is now poured out and available to every single one of us. And you know what that anointing is? It's the ability to do what you could not do on your own. It's the ability to do things above and beyond your own power and your own strength. And when I was reading it this morning, I felt as though the Lord wanted to pour out a fresh anointing on everyone who was here today. So if you're here today, I encourage you to stand up. I encourage you just to lift your hands up and to receive the fresh anointing from God himself this morning. Father, we just come before you. We come before you. Arms raised, hands open. To receive a fresh anointing for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday, for Thursday, for this week, this month, this year, this life. Lord, we just receive a fresh anointing, Lord. A fresh anointing. That spirit of the Lord coming upon us mightily. Mightily, Lord. That because of your power, we will be able to do what we couldn't do on our own. Because of your power, we will be able to walk in fullness and wholeness. Because of your power, we will be able to walk in peace. Because of your power, we will be able to reject fear and anxiety. Because of your power, we will be able to husband and wife and parent more than we could do on our own in our own strength. So Father, we just receive that anointing today to do all that you've called us to do. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit thank you, God. that is in us, with us. Father, we thank you that your word says 
that that same power that rose Christ from the grave, those who have accepted you as Lord and said, that now lives on the inside of us. Your Holy Spirit on the inside, bringing health to us, giving us wisdom and direction. So we receive that anointing of your spirit today. In your precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. What's so awesome is when you receive that anointing, you begin operating in a daily anointing. Um, I've already been cooking something and had a company coming over, and I'll just stop and I'll just say, God, I make this so good most of the time, but I just ask right now that you would help me and lead me, that this would just turn out phenomenal. And I would do that because I'd be feeling stressed. Like, what if I mess it up? What if it goes wrong this time? Because, you know, that happens. But even in something so basic as that, when I stop out loud and invite him, just get, I just hand him my stress and I say, okay, God, I just put this in your hands. So that when it turns out phenomenal, I can just be like, Phew, praise God. And I can give glory to God. That's a small example. Bigger examples are when the Holy Spirit would overshadow me with such an overwhelming sense of care and love for someone unexpected. I know that that doesn't come from me, um, that that is the Holy Spirit. And so when they, that person, I would just pour it out on them. They would be like, thank you, thank you. I'd be like, this is all God's love for you. This is all him. It becomes easy to give all glory to God when you know that you know that you know that is not you, that is all him. Yes. And um, so when, when he leads us to put our arms up, our hands up and receive an anointing, from him, he's actually just, he's ushering us right into this flow, this beautiful process where our lives just become a tool and he loves us and he empowers us and we begin to work on his behalf and we become a part of this eternal plan. There's nothing more exciting than when you walk up to someone and say, you know, I really felt led to pray for you on Wednesday. And they go, yeah. you don't even know what was happening on Wednesday. Right. And when you're that person that you, you were led to pray it seems like something so small, but you were part of an eternal like rescue mission and you didn't even know it, but you were a part of it. And there is nothing more special. There's nothing more awesome yeah. than being used by God, than him being available to him, um, growing in him, growing up in him. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. And then we turn around and we can just give all glory back to him, which is why we just get so pumped up down here. Because this is all Jesus, all the time, 24-7. All right, praise God. All right, we are going to take a break. Um, Eva Ackerman, girl, I release you to go help in the nursery. Good girl, thank you. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to greet one another. Uh, if you are new, if you're a guest here, or this is your first or second time, I encourage you, on the back of the chairs, there's a connection card. Um, if you could put your name and email, that lets me know that you're here. It lets me know your name and your email. And we pop out an email saying welcome. Um, that, those connection cards are also for prayer requests, praise reports, and they go in the offering buckets, which are coming. They'll be up front here. You can bring your tithes and your offerings with joy uh, and plant that seed in the, in, in the ministry of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. That happens during the break. And then also, if you have kids... Um, over in Kid Corner, ECF Kids, you know the drill. But if you're a guest, I have special guest bags for the kids. Um, I have bags from toddler through sixth grade. And it's just a bag full of things to kind of 
little sketch pad, things that they can do while they're listening to Pastor Jason preach. And you don't underestimate, man, they hear. When you keep hands busy, those ears are open and they hear so much. Um, but I have the, those bags over there and it's filled with things that you can use and then you just kind of pack it up and leave it, leave it here and uh, we refresh it for next week. Um, so during the break, if you're, if you're a guest and you have a child, come on over there. I'll be over there. Is there anything else? All right, you have about eight minutes, and then we're going to call you all back to order. All right, church. Let's come together and hear about all the goings-on of the family. I usually tell a funny story while I'm waiting. I don't have one. You don't have a funny one today? Mm-mm. I don't have a funny story today. Pastor Jason made me a really bad cup of coffee today, but I didn't tell him. I just said thank you and drink it. Is there even sugar in this thing? I, I did say that. <laughs> I just drink it. Sometimes you just got to be thankful because you got coffee. You didn't have time to make it because you sleep, because you like to sleep, so... And he didn't get mad at me because I was making us a little bit late. So, okay. I, often, I just stand up here and talk, and I wait for, for y'all to, to, uh, yeah, to find your seats. Okay. First announcement is Luciano Group. Erica and Barb, you're going to get a detention. Woo-hoo. All right. Look at it move. <laughs> yeah, boy, they can move quick. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, no, I just love you guys. Um, Luciano Group is tonight. Tonight, tonight, 6.30. It's open to everyone. It's here in the sanctuary. Um, it's really good teaching. It's just straight teaching from the Word of God. It's powerful. It's empowering. Um, it's enlightening. Uh, it's a great group. I recommend that you give it a try if you've never tried it, and keep coming if it's the group you belong to and that you come to often. It's always good to be taught of the Word of God. That is tonight at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Um, let's see. This next announcement you're going to talk about. I have one more thing to talk about. I don't have a slide for it. So we launched the nursery the first week in April. And we had some great, we had two training sessions that were fantastic. They were really great. Uh, the nursery workers, gosh, they're like heroes, you know? Like, I come to church so excited that I don't have to spend two hours playing with babies. I set the vision. I set the mission. I, I, I outfitted the room and just made it beautiful and full of good, like, developmental things. I did the training, but I'm just super happy that I don't have to be the one to go and do it. That might be because I've had a toddler for, like, 18 years, and I yeah. finally don't. That could have something to do with it, too. So what happened is my goal was to have three workers per Sunday, and um, I had that for a minute, but then it fell off to, I have week one, I have three workers. Week two, I have three workers, three servants. Let's call them servants, because man, they are serving, they're not, and they're working. So week three and four, I only have two ladies in there, both of those weeks, and last week was Easter, and it was the first week that there was two, and it just it's not going to work. Okay. It's not going to work. We have, I feel like seven or eight regular attending babies. We've got babies that are siblings and they like, I mean, they have a a dynamic that's very energetic and they sometimes, you know, they need a friend to play with them. We have some babies who are getting used to being in the nursery and so they're sad and they're needing attention. So two 
two servants in the nursery is just not enough, and they really need that third. So what I'm asking for is that if you are signed up on the sub list, there are four subs. Please pray and think about going on to the monthly rotation. I need two people. I need two people, one on week three and one on week four. Or if you haven't signed up at all, um, please think about reaching out and signing up to serve in the nursery once a month because uh, we need you. Um, If I don't get anybody, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to drop week three. It's going to be a DIY nursery, meaning it won't be staffed. It'll be open to parents, but there won't be a staff in there. And then I'll move week three people to week four, and I'm going to do some shuffling. But I can't, we can't continue on with only two girls, two women in there, because it's stressful. It's stressful for the women. It's stressful for the babies, and it's kind of the exact opposite of the ministry we want to do. So there it is. How we, do they sign up? Um, let's say ECF at ECF Church. Org, send an email, write it on a connection card is really the best and easiest way. And you can put the connection card in the box back there. Just say, yes, sign me up for the nursery. Um, I currently need the third week of the month and the fourth week of the month um, is where the openings are. Okay? Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, two other quick announcements. Uh, one, we have a men's softball league that we are participating in and joining uh, this year. You know, as you guys know, if you've attended this church for more than a week, uh, I like sports. Uh, I love sports. Uh, in fact, I've passed that down to my next generation because they sing songs about loving sports. But I love sports. I've always wanted to have a men's softball league uh, as part of our church. And this year, uh, somebody was interested in helping get that running, uh, Doug Reckett, and he just reached out. He started reaching out to a bunch of guys, and we've got 11 men signed up to be on our softball team. So we are fielding a softball team this year. So I'm really excited about that. However, it'd be great if we have a few additional players. Uh, So we are looking, so maybe it's some guys in here that you either know. They don't have to attend a, a regular basis here. It's really an outreach as well. So if there's somebody you know that we can reach out to, uh, that you know that you can reach out to and bring them in contact with Doug or myself or Pastor Andy, uh, and we'll get the right information to get them signed up. We're looking to have about 13 or 14, uh, so much like nursery, we're looking for, uh, in this case, a few good men, or a few good, I, I'm not sure, this is just a men's team, I think it's just a men's team. Okay, so I'm actually looking uh, for a few good men uh, for a softball league this year, so it's really looking forward to that. And I'm just excited that God is moving and joining us together in community and fellowship. Uh, there's a bunch of other churches. In fact, I heard uh, at break, they're looking for an additional field. We got two fields. They're looking for another field because there's so many teams this year uh, that are joining the softball league. So it's really exciting. What's that? Yeah, we got a big field right out of there. I've been, I've been dreaming and seeing softball field there and a flag football field over there and a basketball court over there. So in due time, the Lord will provide for all of those things uh, on our campus as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, uh, then the only other announcement I have is we do have, uh, if you get it, we get sent out an email periodically. Uh, so if you're part of our church family and you're interested in getting that email and you haven't gotten one, uh, a couple things I'd say, check your junk mail. Uh, then two, if you want to sign up for that email, you just go to our website uh, and you just kind of scroll down on the main page and you'll see a spot uh, where you can go ahead and actually just type in right on our website your email address and it'll sign you up for our news. It's a really a news email. We don't send it out every week, uh, but we do send it out when events are coming up to keep people um, informed. And then the last thing I want to mention um, 
A little bit more somber news for those who are left, glorious news for her. But Evelyn McCain last night went to be uh, with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, And so uh, just continue to pray for uh, Rich, her son, uh, who is coordinating a lot of the details. I know many of, there's a lot of us here in this room uh, who went and visited Evelyn, and what a sweet lady. You know, she always had a wonderful, beautiful smile on her face, and we'll always remember her. And she is rejoicing this morning in heaven. And I was thinking as we were doing our worship time, and we were just singing, and do you, you know, do you hear the mountains tremble? Do you feel those things tremble? Like, she is up there, man. She is experiencing it legit with Jesus in person in a live worship set, right? So, I mean, I just was thinking about her. So pray uh, for that family. Uh, if you are interested in supporting them, I think they have a, uh, a GoFundMe uh, page as well to support some of the costs. But then also, it's going to be at Edder Funeral Home, and we don't have the dates or times yet, but if you look on... You know, just look online, you'll be able to see when that information comes out. Okay, let's pray. You know, let's pray right now for that family. Heavenly Father, we just lift up Evelyn's family to you. We lift up Rich to you, Father, uh, her son, and then just her entire extended family, Lord, that you would just bring them the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, that you would just lead them and guide them and direct them in decisions that need to be made, things that need to be done, Lord, uh, for locations for the cat, for all the things, Lord, that are on their list uh, that need done and need uh, taken care of, Lord, that you would do that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Uh, turn with me. We're going to do our, our offering scripture, Matthew 6, starting in verse 31. This is kind of a, this is coming off of two weeks ago where the Lord just keeps telling me, don't worry about money, don't worry about money. So I'm just going to keep telling you all too, don't worry about money. Don't worry about money. God's got it. That fresh anointing and release to do what you couldn't do on your own is all, it's all part of that. Don't worry about money. It says, therefore, do not worry. We could just stop right there. Therefore, do not worry about anything. Guys, in your life, anything that's going on, the Bible commands us, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, the world is seeking all these things. They're seeking all these things. But But here's what the Bible says. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He already knows. He already knows your needs tomorrow. He knows the needs that you don't know that you even have. You understand that? He already knows in the future the things that you need in the future, and he's preparing today to meet those needs tomorrow and next week and next year. So if he's working on that, do you have to put in a whole lot of effort into it? Up here worrying about it? No. Yes, should we plan? Absolutely. Are there wisdom we should use? Absolutely. But the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow. He's already there. God transcends time. He's not worried about tomorrow. Therefore, we shouldn't be worried about tomorrow. He's got us covered. But what do we do instead? We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what we're doing this morning. We are seeking God and his righteousness, his kingdom. What does he have to say? What does he want to do in our lives? And then what happens? And all these things shall be added to you. What things? All the things that we want to worry about will be added to us if we seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things are added. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for 
every gift to every giver this morning, Lord. I just thank you that a fresh anointing uh, is just flowing in our church and our church families, Lord, to do the things they couldn't do on their own, whether that be relationally, financially, work-wise, school-wise, whatever it is, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that you are releasing that anointing, Lord, uh, to do what only you can do. So, Father, as we just listen to your word today, Lord, that you would just lead us and guide us, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would see what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay. How many of you have the little handout? If you do not have the hand up, hand out, just raise your hand. Okay, don't study it too close yet. There's some things we got to talk about before we get there. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14. That'll keep you busy and have you stop reading the handout. John 14. You know, as I was praying about, as I was praying about what to share this morning, the Lord really directed me and led to just talk about the Holy Spirit. We are a Holy Spirit-believing church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and relevant in our lives, that he's in us and with us, surrounds us, to help us, to guide us, all these things. And I really felt like, you know what, we just talked about, we had Palm Sunday, we had Easter, we had the resurrection, and what happened after the resurrection is that God poured down the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us. It's really what we talked about already this morning. And so I want to just do a quick introduction. You're at John uh, chapter 14. Tell you what, guys, this topic, this person of the Holy Spirit, has radically changed my life. I mean, radically changed my life. And Jesus radically changed my life. But the Holy Spirit radically changed my life. And I tell you, I wasn't, this is probably, I would say, maybe 10, 12 years ago now. Only 12 years ago. I've been a Christian since I was 5. I'm 45. That's 40 years of being a Christian. But it's only been the past 12 that I have really dug in to understanding the Holy Spirit and hearing from the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead me, guide me, and direct me in this life. And I realized that before that, yes, I had Jesus, and yes, I was saved from my sins, and yes, heaven was my eternal home, but there were so many challenges and things in my life that I just needed help with. How many of you need some help with life? Come on. We need help with life. There are so many decisions that you have to make, and so many challenges that come up, and you're just like, it's sometimes in the Bible, it doesn't give you the specific answer on things. Like your individual specific challenge, problem, or question, and we laugh about this, I say the one about, should I get a dog or not, right? Like that answer specifically isn't there. Like I looked. Like for a year and a half, I'm praying about whether I should get a dog. Like, well, maybe the scripture says specifically, thou shall get a dog. How about two? But it wasn't there. But you see... God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, but he loves us so much also that he sent down his Holy Spirit to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, to help make decisions in our life, to provide wisdom and counsel. 
And the Lord has just really been working on me over and over and over to take everything to him and to hear from him. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit this week and a little bit probably next week as well. And I want to share a story with you, a short story about hearing from the Holy Spirit and then the impact that it had. And this just happened a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I, I work also at the Chamber of Commerce. And I was, there was a board meeting that was coming up for the Chamber of Commerce. And I'm on the finance committee. And so I had to present the financials for the Chamber of Commerce at the board meeting. Now, the board meeting wasn't on a day that I regularly go there. And so my manager was like, well, you can just zoom in to the call. And you can present, share your screen, you can present the financials, and then you can jump off the call. And I was like, fantastic. In and out, this will be done in no time. And inside, the Holy Spirit said to me, Jason, I want you to go to the meeting. In person. I want you to go in person to the meeting. Now, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit who is inside of us is a spirit. And our spirit, connected with the Holy Spirit... When we hear, it's not like I heard an audible voice. What I heard on the inside is my spirit talking to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit whispering that to me on the inside, saying, I want you to go to the meeting. And so my thought, my expectation was like, now on the Chamber of Commerce, the board of directors are all the major players in Erie. Hospital presidents, bank presidents, major business presidents, all the people that you know of in the major business arena are on this board. So I'm like, ooh, Lord, who am I going to meet today? Right? Who am I going to sit next to? Who's the one that maybe I'm going to minister to or to witness to? Who is the one that you have in store for me today to talk to? Because I'm going to person. Like, I'm going out of my way. Lord, you told me to go do this thing. So I'm expecting something like revolutionary to happen during the meeting. And so I sit down, and I won't mention who was on my left and who was on my right, but they're prominent business leaders, and I'm just like, ooh, I wonder if it's him. So I like try to make a little small talk, like nothing's feeling right, you know. And so we go through this entire meeting. It's like two hours long. After the meeting, I say hello to a few people, and I start driving home going, what on earth was that? It was like just so uneventful. And I was like, Lord, you told me to go to that meeting. Why on earth was I supposed to go to that meeting? And as I asked that question, look, you know, everybody know a relationship with God is like a two-way street, yeah? We can actually talk to him. I was like, Lord, what's up with that? I had to get dressed. I had to put my pants on, right? I couldn't Zoom meeting from just the top up. I had to go and get all dressed up and drive there and do the whole thing. What? Why? And the Lord specifically said to me, he said this. He said, did you listen to how the people around the room were talking? I was like, yeah, I guess. What were the words that were saying and what were the actions that they were taking? And I was just like, okay. I said, well, basically, not one of them in the room was pessimistic. Now, one of them in the room saw a roadblock or an obstacle that they didn't think that they could get through or find a way around. 
Not one of them in the room was worried about financial challenges or something that was going to be in the way of moving forward this organization or even their organization personally. And the Lord said, how much more then should you, Jason, think and act as if there is not a single roadblock in your way that you can't get through because of me and who I am in my life. And I was just like, boom, you know, it's like, hold on, I'm driving, Lord, you know, don't drop too much on me, I'm in the car, right? And so I got home and I wrote it in my thing and said, Lord, this is just the Lord speaking again. But you see what happened is I wasn't going to go to that meeting. But the Holy Spirit spoke that to me and said, go, and I went, and something came out of it. Does that mean every time the Lord speaks to you and says, will it happen immediately? No, there are things that he does, and he's working in our lives, and we don't always see it right away. But I want to teach us this morning about what this looks like and how good the Holy Spirit is to us, amen, and how he can help us in every single day of our lives. John 14, starting in verse 15, says this. And the title of this, this, this kind of passage here is Jesus Promises Another Helper. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will pray the Father. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. And that he may abide with you forever. And you think about this, this is Jesus on the earth, he's speaking to his disciples, and we're going to look at a passage in a couple chapters later in John, it says something very similar, but they're like, hey, I got Jesus with me, right? I mean, you got to think, I mean, maybe they're not swaggering around, right? I don't know. They're probably all very humble, right? They're probably, I got Jesus with me. I, I don't know exactly, I mean, Peter was probably like, dude, I got Jesus with me, come on, right? And they're excited about having Jesus with them, and he's like, look, I have to go, though, so that a helper can come. So that a helper can come. So the first point of this message is that the Holy Spirit is a gift and a constant source of help. The whole, it's a gift. It is a gift to us. How many of you like to get gifts? I know some of you like to give gifts better, but come on. How many, and when someone walks up to me, I have a gift for you, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, what you got? God has a gift for us. A relationship with the Holy Spirit that can lead us and guide us in every day. And it's a constant source of help. It says it won't leave us. You mean that, you mean that even though I try to run, even though I try to hide, even though like I've been running from God for years, do you mean that the Holy Spirit is still going to be with me? Yes. It doesn't leave you, it doesn't forsake you. He is with you. He is there. Now, you may not be talking with him. You may not have that relationship there. But he's this constant source of help. I get excited when I get a gift. So let me tell you a story about a gift that we did for our Easter fun day last weekend. And this will give you you an idea of what it's like when you get an exciting gift. So we had been working. Of course, I already mentioned how much I love sports. I said this earlier. Uh, But my family loves sports. And they've been wanting a basketball hoop in the backyard for like a long time. And a few of us were able to gather up a basketball hoop and I hid it in the back of the property and then I pulled it out on Easter fun day, which we do on Saturday. I pulled it out and we got it all set up 
and we invited the kids into the family room. And we said, there is an Easter gift. There's a gift for you from mom and dad, and I want to see if you can find it. Now, church, if there is a gift for you, and it was going to be a good gift, and your father or mother promised it, would you not start looking for that gift? Come on, church. I'd be like searching for that. Like, I want that. I want that. I want that gift. If it's coming from my mom, my dad, in this case, it's coming from the Father in heaven, the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be like looking for this. And so they walked into the family room, and we mentioned to them, like, look, the gift is not actually in the room, but you can see it from this room. And they're looking, looking, looking. And when they saw the basketball hoop outside, <gasps> You know, have those gifts where, like, it's the breath, and then there's the pause before the excitement comes out, right? It's like, the, yeah, you got the basketball hoop, right? And it was so exciting. Church, can we not be that excited about the gift that God has given us in the Holy Spirit who was with us and in us and for us? He's our helper, like, I'm excited about that gift. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want more of that. I want more of that. He's a constant source of help. So let's look at what the Holy Spirit does for us in verse 17. It says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Only those who have Jesus can accept the Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Jesus is the path to it. But you know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So point two, the Holy Spirit is with you. He is in you and he is truth. He's truth. I mean, there are so many things that we put on the inside as we watch things and we read things that are not the truth. They're just not the truth. And I'm telling you, the more you put the truth in, the more you put this word in, the more you pray, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to work on the, on, in your life, the more that you will see the stuff that is not true and be able to call it out that it's not true. Because if the Holy Spirit is truth and can only speak truth to you and he speaks the word of God to you, when something that is not true becomes very evident in our lives. So Holy Spirit is with you, and he's in you, which means he's not just around you, but he's in you as well. We mentioned that verse earlier. And he is truth. Verse 25 says this. We'll skip down to verse 25 in John 14 still. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Church, the Holy Spirit will guide you for today. The Holy Spirit will guide you for today. Pastor Liz, you said earlier about, you know, not being a scholar uh, of, of, the, of whatever, like, you know, of all the details of the sacraments and what all that stuff means. And yeah, there's a place for that. But this verse tells me that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance all those things that we need. 
So that when it's time that we need to open our mouth and God says us to speak something and to do something, it's not in our own strength. It's in the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit is the one. It's the Holy Spirit is the one who is in you and who will teach you and guide you for today. So we already said, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you today and setting up plans and purposes for your tomorrow. Verse 27 says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Holy Spirit will bring peace. The Holy Spirit will bring peace in your life. How do I know this? One, the Word says it. Two, I've experienced it. I've experienced a supernatural peace. And I don't know if any of you else have experienced this, but back in 2020, when there wasn't a whole lot of peace anywhere, we would specifically pray that the peace of God that's on the inside of us will rest on this store when I walk in the door. I don't think we rhymed then. That one just rhymed. That was pretty good. That's right. That the peace of God on the inside of us, and it'll actually transform the store when I walk into it. And it legit happened. There were cases where it happened. I would walk in the stores, and I'd be like, Lord, I'm walking in here with the peace of God. And you could almost, there's the tension. There was, there's still tension. But there was so much tension out there. But it was the Holy Spirit working on the inside and the peace that he gives us, the fruit of the Spirit, that peace that transcends all understanding was with us and in us and also not only in us but around us. And we brought peace into the stores. The Holy Spirit does that type of work in our lives. Turn with me to John 16. Starting in verse 5. says this, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Again, this is why I kind of talked about earlier. Jesus is saying, I'm out of here. And they're like, what? No. You're my friend, my mentor. You're, you've discipled me. You love me. You cared for me. You've taught me all these things. I, I, I don't want you to go. Verse says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. What? Jesus, do you mean to tell me it is more of an advantage for you and me sitting and standing right here in this building than it was to be walking with Jesus in person? How is that possible? Because when Jesus was here as a man, he couldn't be everywhere all the time. But here we have an opportunity on this side of the cross that the Holy Spirit has come and is able to be with us wherever we go, whatever we do, day in, day out, all the time. That's an advantage. That's an advantage. You know, like in sports games, like you're always looking for the advantage, you know, over the other team. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is our advantage over the other team. The other team being the enemy. The other team being the demonic forces of darkness. We have 
a helper, not only a helper, we've got an advantage. It's good. It's an advantage that I go away, Jesus said. For if I don't go away, the helper's not going to come to you. He's like, look, you know, you got, it's not going to work this way. The Holy Spirit is going to be the one that comes. It says, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, verse 8, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and see me no more. You see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And here's how I want to pause here just for a minute. The Holy Spirit will convict. This is what the Bible is saying. So number one, we have to understand it's not our job to convict somebody else of sin or of anything else. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Yes, we can speak truth into people's lives, but truly it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. But here's what I really want to spend just a few moments on. I want you to pull out your handout this morning. This is like real life, guys. This is real life. And when I talked earlier about the Holy Spirit being on the inside of you and talking to your spirit, what happens in our minds, we have thoughts. And these thoughts come to us from one of three places. They come from ourselves, like our flesh, our mind. They come from the enemy, which tries to whisper things to us. And it makes it sound like we're actually thinking these things ourselves. And then there we hear these thoughts from the Holy Spirit. And I think too often we go around and we're not discerning the thought that's happening in our mind and we're taking the thought as if it's truth. And there are so many times in my life and I know people's lives and when we do pastoral care and we talk to people that they are battling these thoughts in their mind. Right, Joyce Meyer made this great book on the battlefield of the mind. Right? It's a battle that we're fighting in the mind. We need to be able to discern what's going on in our life and what's going on in our spirit, spirit man and discern whether it's from the Holy Spirit or whether it's from the enemy. And this handout that I gave out today, I believe walks through for you this concept of the Holy Spirit conviction versus condemnation from the enemy. I'm going to point a couple of these out. Number one, the tone of the Holy Spirit. The tone of the Holy Spirit. When we begin to think that we're hearing something from God, it's a loving voice of our Father. Imploring, beseeching, and urging our return to Him. But the enemy, the thoughts that the enemy gives, the tone is this. It's accusing. It's nagging. It's a mocking voice generating fear and shame, causing confusion, projecting a sense of rejection, and ministering questions like, has God really indeed said that? And I don't know if you're like me, but like I'm battling like these thoughts all day. There are issues that happen in my life. Like I'm trying to like, whoa, whoa, what is that? And a lot of times I'm going down the path and I'm not realizing that I'm actually listening to the enemy's Things I'm beginning to believe those things, and i got to put the brakes on and say, whoa, hold on a second. That's condemnation. 
And what the Bible says is that God doesn't condemn us. He does not condemn us. Now, he will convict us, but he doesn't condemn us. The second one is the Holy Spirit is specific, and the enemy is vague and general. The Holy Spirit's encouragement is God's message. Discouragement is the message of the enemy. Now, I want to give you a real example of this that happened in my life. Actually, was it this week or last? This is this in action. And so my, my dad passed away one year ago yesterday. And my mom still lives in the Lehigh Valley, which is about six hours, six and a half hours away, other side of Pennsylvania. And my sister, you know, is in contact with her often. And there are seasons and times where I just don't reach out enough to my mom. Mom, she's probably watching. Mom, I love you. I've already said I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I'm working on it. But there was a string of time that she told me that I hadn't reached out to her in a month. Oh. Right? Everyone's like, oh, Pastor Jason, how could you? It's your mother. She loves you. She gave birth to you. She raised you. You know, she led you to the Lord. Are you kidding me? You didn't talk to her for a month? And when I realized that, I started to go down a path of condemnation. Come on, I'm just being honest. I just started saying, man, what kind of son am I? I can't believe it. You know, if my son ever didn't talk to his mom for a month, you know how mad I would be at him? I'm a horrible son. Terrible. How could I have done this? And I start getting more and more upset at myself. I'm beating myself up. And then I start remembering, with the enemy's help, of all the other times I have failed my mom in every situation that I failed her. And he would just, he would just remind me of situations. Ah, you remember when you did that? Mm. Yeah, you asked her to come out to Erie. You wrote her a nice letter. You said you'd pay for it. That was like 10 years ago. And did you really ever try again? Did you really push for it more? She could be here in Erie. She could be enjoying her grandkids. She could, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going down this path, and I'm getting lower and lower and lower. I'm just like, oh, I'm horrible. Come on, has anybody ever done this, right? You do something, and something happens, and you just started, all these thoughts start just coming after you. And my lovely wife, it's on the back page, the Holy Spirit will draw you into fellowship. The Holy Spirit spoke through her to tell me, say, hold on, buddy. You are a good son. You do love your mother. You are there for her. You have been helping her. And yes, you didn't call her for a month, and you need to call her more often, but these are the things you have done to bless her, to support her, to help her, and all these things. And it was like it snapped, it snapped me out of it. It was like I needed someone who also heard from the Holy Spirit to speak into my life, to say, you know what? You are listening to condemnation. This is not God talking. You are partnering with the enemy right now. And I had to repent then for that as well, not only for not calling my mom for a month. I had to repent of that. And I said, Holy Spirit, please help me. And he encouraged me, and you know, Liz encouraged me. And the Holy Spirit just began to encourage me. And I walked out of that situation saying, okay, 
You know what? I'm going to call her more often. And there are certain things I'm going to go to do, and I can do it because of who Jesus is. And I am more than a conqueror, and I will be able to go out and do the things that I, I need to go do as a son for my mom's sake. And there were two different, I mean, I was going down this path. And the Holy Spirit, through somebody else, and the Holy Spirit speaking into my life, turned me on a different path. So I gave you this handout because I want you guys to keep it in your Bibles and keep it with you. And so when you begin to start hearing those things that you're just like, oh, 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 yeah, those things, whatever they are in your life, whatever those things are that get you, begin, and you just begin to read this. Be like, no, 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 no. This isn't of the Lord. This is the Holy, the Holy Spirit speaks to me like this. I am a child of God. And begin to get those verses that you need to get just ingrained deep into your heart because the Holy Spirit it says here that it draws you to God not away from God and so yes the Holy Spirit will convict but I tell you right now that God does not condemn and we need to understand and see the difference between those two things Grace if you want to come back up here this morning I want to close with this starting in verse 12 I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you in the truth of your situation. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And so we talked about the point earlier that the Holy Spirit is here to help you today. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is with you to help you tomorrow as well. Not just today. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for tomorrow. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstance. He knows your struggle. So I want to take a moment this morning kind of to put this into action. Just like everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And we'll talk more in following weeks about hearing from the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But this morning, I just, on one of two accounts, number one, if you came in here needing direction, guidance, or wisdom, we just read that the Holy Spirit is truth, He's the guide, and He's the help. And we're going to take a minute, and I just want you to present that request to him and say, Lord, I need your guidance. I need your help. I need your counsel, Holy Spirit. And I believe this morning that he will speak to your heart just as you are sitting here. He will speak a word to your heart. He will bring a scripture to your remembrance. He will bring it with love and with care and with comfort because he loves you. And on the second account, and maybe you're both account one and account two, that's okay. If you've been struggling with something, if you've been battling thoughts in some way of condemnation that you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not man enough, you're not woman enough, that your failures were too much, and you hear this voice of condemnation in your head, I want you to ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I break 
I break that spirit of condemnation this morning. That those lies of the enemy will become so clear to me that when I hear the voice of the enemy that I shut it down. That I will listen to you, Holy Spirit. Your loving words of kindness, of conviction, of truth. So just bow your heads this morning. If you're on one of either of those accounts, you don't have to raise your hand today. I ask gracious to play for a few minutes. Just present those requests to him. And listen for his still small voice to guide you with wisdom. I believe the Holy Spirit is working and speaking to people all over this room this morning. Words of wisdom, words of guidance, words of hope, words of healing, words of restoration. Father, all those requests, Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is with us at all times. So even as we go from this place, you will lead us and guide us in every area of our life. And on the second account, those of us who have been battling or caught into this what I call stinking thinking, of condemnation from the enemy. Father, we just say it's over today. (laughs) Over today in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would help us to recognize quickly the lies of the enemy and to not let them take root in our thoughts and to not speak them out loud and give them power, but to take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. So Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for a loving conviction And that we can hear your voice. And that you can lead us and guide us. We thank you for it today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have some prayer teams as we close that are going to be up front. Uh, If you want to share something with them, you know, on some account that we've just talked about, that you just really want to get it off of your, you know, off your chest, as they say, and just share with someone, or you just need prayer for something, whether it's healing, or maybe you've been, maybe you're sitting here and be like, man, I, I can't get the Holy Spirit because I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Well, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says, and you can come up here, and they, these guys can pray with you and lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ, which will be absolutely, positively life-changing. Amen? Amen. So uh, prayer teams, come on up as I read this benediction. 
And I want you to keep this with you guys. I didn't read through the whole thing. Just read through it this week. Learn to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life versus how the enemy is trying to work in your life. And I believe this will be a helpful tool to each and every one of you. Number six says this. Just receive this benediction. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so they put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them, says the Lord. So go, be blessed, enjoy this beautiful weather, this beautiful day. Come back for uh, Paul Luciano's group tonight at 630, and enjoy a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you.